Welcome to the Abundant Leap Podcast. I'm your host, Chance Welton. I'm a speaker, consultant, and thought leader here at Abundance.io. In this podcast, you'll discover your strengths, find turnkey business models, and get expert guidance for life's biggest financial moments, where we have trained and consulted over 35,000 entrepreneurs on how to start their first online business, and we've helped existing business owners start their second and third stream of income. You can learn more at Abundance.io, and of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at the Abundant Leap Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode on the Abundance.io podcast. I got a good friend here, Tanner Chittister with Elite CEOs. It's good to see you, my friend. I've watched your growth over the years. You came up out of nowhere. You're barely 30 and you are freaking crushing it, my dude. It's so good to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. And like you said, glad we got the inbox sorted out so we could hook up. Yeah, you know, hiring assistants is great, <laughs> but man, there's a big learning curve in the beginning. A hundred percent. I missed, I literally missed a meeting yesterday because you moved it to my urgent box. I'm like, when do we get an urgent box? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So no, I'm glad it worked out, but it's like we have the general and the primary and we slide stuff over, stuff gets left unread, but no, I'm glad we were able to work it out. Fantastic. So you just moved out to Miami. It feels like a lot of guests I've gotten on the show. Like people are like, yeah. Miami is the new spot. What brought you out to Miami? You know, it's funny. I was so I grew up in Houston and I was getting an apartment. I had it I had it ready to go and then like the day before I was going to sign the rental agent just gave it to someone else. And I I don't know what happened, but I think they just bid higher and she just gave it away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "All right. Well, I'm going to just go travel for a bit." So I came out to Miami. I did the Airbnb for about 2 months. Um I learned my lesson because I used to move without doing anything. I go out for a week. I'm like, "Oh, it's amazing." But I came out here, I got an Airbnb for two months and I loved it. And then I moved out here and I've been here ever since, uh, except for the, you know, little stint in Puerto Rico. Yeah. So, besides that. <laughs> and it's, yeah, Puerto Rico is definitely a thumbs down. Yeah, thumbs down. <laughs> thumbs down. It, it was like, I, 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 it wasn't as bad. And that's the thing too. Like it, it's not as bad as people make it sound, but I think it just comes down to, you know, for me, I was going back and forth between Miami. So I think if you're going to do it, Miami's the best place because it's a two hour flight. Right. So it's like as close as you can get. But ultimately, I was coming back and forth. And then, you know, I just had some of my friends talk to me. He's like, hey, man, like, why are you really there? And once you think through it, you know, it's just not worth it. And then the tax saving strategy wasn't really how they said. So what ends up happening is, you know, it's three years for the rule to apply. Right. And then the first year, part of your income still has to be taxed at the U.S. level and the second year and the third year. So you don't really get to 0% till the fourth year. And so to me, I'm like, well, that's dumb. Like, I thought it was going to be year one. So just a lot of stuff that happened that I wasn't super aware of, but yep. super grateful for the experience. Yeah, you live and you learn. And that was the same thing for me and my financial yeah. advisor. Like, dude, live wherever you want and just get smart about your money. Yeah. Right? Like, there are ways the wealthy live wherever they want, the billionaires live wherever they exactly. want. Exactly. And they're right. smart about their money. So it's really just like get around people that understand it you know, put out your values where you like, why do you actually want to live there? Yeah. And then like build something around that. Yeah. So, and I think the mindset's better. And that, that was part of it is one of my friends, he said, well, look, you know, billionaires are living in New York. So what, do, what do they know that you don't, they're not all going down to Puerto Rico while there are some there. Yeah. I just think it's a better mindset to try to make more than go, how can I save what I'm making? For and sure. so I really agreed with when he said that. And that's kind of what brought me back. That's literally what I said to me. He's like, just go make more money. I'm like, you know what? That's so, because by the time you're traveling back and forth and trying to manage your schedule and how many days am I there? It's just 100%. like- hundred percent. And the days and the counting, it, it just, it just ends up being a huge hassle. And it just, you're, you're training convenience 
for the money, but the whole point of us starting the business was to get convenience, right? And totally. so it kind of goes backwards. Like I'm shooting myself in my own foot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, when did you first start your business? Shoot, I tried to start a business. So I was like 23-ish, so about seven years ago. Uh, and I utterly failed. I mean, it was the first time, so no one in my family ever done it. So I want to say it was seven years from now, about 2015, 2016. And I didn't start making money until two years later. Uh, and during that period, I almost quit about five times. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I'm even here, it's crazy because I look at the opportunity cost of what I would have made as an engineer to what I made now. And it's, you know, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. But it's crazy because uh, I didn't make any money for two years. And it really, I'm glad because it actually helps you relate to people a lot more when they're struggling. Because when you're working, at least for me, I was working 16 hours a day and you're not getting any results. You start questioning, well, why am I doing this? Right. Like I might as well just watch TV because I'm putting in all this time. I'm getting nothing out of it. So why not just relax? Yeah. Now, it's an important point. And the opportunity cost is such a thing. You know, people oh, yeah. talk about oh, this investment for my business, this investment into a mentor, this investment into a consultant is going to be 20 grand or right. five grand or whatever. And they're like, that's so much money. I don't have that. It's like right. that barrier is keeping you from making the millions of dollars, right? 100%. The wealthy think, what am I going to get out of this? Not what am I losing? Yeah. And that's the way that people think differently. And it took me a long time to learn that lesson. Well, and it's funny too, because I've always, at least the last few years, as I made more money, I'm always looking at these investments. Yeah. And when it's all said and done, if you have a very aggressive investment, let's say you get 30%, which is very aggressive, you're going to make way more than that typically when you just invest in your own business. So we, a lot of times we take our eye off the prize of what's made us all this money and we go over here and we forget that putting money in here gives us like, 10,000% returns, 1,000% returns. So I'm with you on that 100%. I think it's like a good thing for people to learn. Even when you look at like Warren Buffett, right? He talks about diversify your income. He talks about all these like different ways, like slowly building wealth. It's like his first big leap was his equity in his own company. Yeah. 100%. These billionaires, when they cash out and they make $300 million in a couple of years, that's equity they're pulling out of the company that they built, that they invested in yeah. to get them there. Yeah. And it pisses me off when I hear a lot of these big hedge fund guys and a lot of these people that are all over TV that are like, well, put it all in your 401k <laughs> and then put it in over here. And just like, dude, you are robbing these people blind. Yeah. And like, if you have under 100K, go invest in yourself. Go find those people that are going to give you the shortcuts. Like, that's how it is. When you see people like you make a multiple, multiple millions of dollars yeah. before you were 30 years old. What was that path that you took to get you there? Because it sounds like it wasn't the traditional path. Uh, <laughs> no. So. I was, I lucked out from the sense that I met a mentor named David Fry. So he knew about the ClickFunnels world. He was married, he's married still to one of Russell Brunson's cousins. So he's okay. very tight with Russell. A lot of times we go to ClickFunnels and Russell's like, David Fry. And I'm like, damn, this guy's famous. Like, this is <laughs> awesome. So yeah. he convinced me to actually drop out of school. And I don't think I would have without him because it just. How did you meet him, by the way? It was my dad. So they actually went to church together. Okay. And so I feel bad about this. And I've said this multiple times. So he made a deal with me because I, my dad's very religious and so is he. And he's like, hey, like you're not going to church. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't really want to go. He said, well, look, if you go back to church, I'll show you how to build a business because you want to make a lot of money, right? And that really was my goal because as I grew up as a kid, you know, my, we, my dad was a teacher. And so he, my dad works harder than anyone I know. That's probably one of the best things he gave me. Uh, but, you know, he was doing a bunch of odd jobs because, you know, teacher salary just doesn't go that far. Yeah. And so he brings me in. He gets me to drop out of school, have a year left of engineering school. And he's like, you know what? He's like, don't finish. I'm like, well, dude, I got to finish. He's like, no, he's like, if you finish, you're never going to start your business. And wow. I just remember, I don't know, like I just knew that was true. Wow. And I said, okay, I'm going to do it. So I drop out. 
I go to his house. He starts teaching me everything I know about marketing, just funnels, email automations, you know, uh, opt-ins. And I would say stuff, you know, why do they call this an opt-in? Doesn't even make sense. Why don't they just call it a fill out the form? He's like, Terry, shut up. Just, just do what I tell you to say. <laughs> right. So I build out this whole product over a year, a whole low ticket product, which I usually, I actually don't recommend people start with that, but that's just what he knew. Mm-hmm. And so I build out this whole product. I go to sell it and I make no money for two years, like z- like two grand. You know, because a $47 product, if you're not running ads, which I didn't really know how to do it or I didn't have cash, you know, the only way I could sell it was kind of, I just thought you put a link up and you get rich. That's how I thought people (laughs) made money, you know, because that's what they show with influencers. That's how people think. Um, And then one day I basically saw an ad. Uh, I was doing door-to-door sales. I was a server. And basically my methodology and my plan was I'm going to work as little as possible so I can still pay bills. But then the rest of my time has to go in my business. And I still tell people to do that. Oh, I think, 100%. That's, I think that's the only way when you're working eight hours a day and you go home and try to do it, you're, you're toast. Like you're mentally so exhausted. Yep. And then you have kids, a family, like it's too hard in my opinion. So I did that. And then right when I was about to quit, I called him about five times and said, Hey man, like I'm going back to school. Like, like it's not working. I don't know why, but just when he would talk to me like Tanner, he's like, don't quit. He's like, you can do this. He's like, I'm, he's like, I'm not just saying this. Like, you can do this. And I was like, oh, he's probably just saying that, whatever. Um, but finally, I get in a program. I see an ad right before I'm about to go to school. It's like, how to build an online fitness business. And I'm like, all right, I'll click on this. And uh, I, I get on the call. I get high pressure sales super hard. Oh, yeah. And I was indoor door sales and I didn't <laughs> know what this was. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's only today if you don't do it today. So I paid two grand. Never had a credit card before. I'm 25. I go get a credit card for the next three grand. And I come in and I start watching the videos and I'm like, I don't want to watch all this mindset stuff. Like, right. I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm just like, give me the juice. Right, give me right, the juice. Right. So I just message the coach. I say, just tell me what to do. He goes, all right, go from 47 to 1500 and DM people for a sales call. And I'm like, that's what I paid five grand for. So anyways, I do it and I make 10 grand in a week. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, and bug. I remember, I remember the moment. Like, I literally said, oh, shit. I was closing a deal, driving in my car, like doing the PayPal, like 60 miles an hour, like totally dangerous. Kids don't do that at home. Yeah. Don't do do that. (laughs) And I closed it. I just remember the second he hung up, I was like screaming at the top of my lungs. Cause I just gone through like hell. It felt like, um, and then I call my parents. I say, Hey, I'm going to quit my door to door job. I'm going to move home. Let me pay you guys like a little bit of rent. And I promise like, I'm just going to go crazy. And my, my mom and dad, I'm lucky, I'm lucky to have them because they've always said, Hey, as long as you're not doing drugs and like, you know, wasting your life. Like we don't care. Yeah. And then over the next year I did a million dollars, uh, just going like ham. Like I gave up everything, like yep. anything and everything. Um, and, and when then, you say anything and everything, like what were you doing that you actually gave up? Yeah. So I, like, I did not leave the house, like besides maybe an hour a day, if that. And so I, I'm not saying you should do this, but mentally, physically, like physically I was getting out of shape mentally. I was stressed out of my mind. Like I, I at one point was like starting to lose hair it was not good, but I don't know. Just when you've been in a bad spot, um, it's relative, right? So some people here and they, oh yeah, but but for me, I was at the lowest of the low, and mm-hmm. I just got to a point when I turned twenty five. I don't know what. There's just something that clicked. Like it was almost. It's almost like you know when uh, our wives or girlfriends are like, oh, I gotta have a baby. I gotta have yeah. a baby. Like it's almost like I just had this moment where I said, if I don't do it now, like I I. I I just will never do it. And I, it was almost like I didn't want to be, I would rather be homeless than not succeed. Yeah. And I don't know, like when you're 22 and 23, I wish someone had stopped me sooner and said, hey, you're wasting your time. Yeah. But everyone just kept saying, oh, you're young. 
Yeah. You're good. And and I actually think that's I I really dislike I hate when that people saying. hate that. Yeah, I hate it when people say that. And you got and, plenty of time. It's like, bro, you're I 60 and soon. you haven't done shit. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear that. I don't. Know. It's <laughs> like and like I love Gary Vee, but that's that's like Gary Vee. <laughs> Gary's like, "You're 70, you're good. You got time." But anyway, so at 25 that's what happened and then I moved home. I went crazy on my fitness business and then because I had success, I got my first ClickFunnels award. Yep. And so, you know, I actually like what Russell's done because you know, for better or worse, like those little awards, they carry so much weight. And so people are like, yo, how did it? Oh, you're not a business coach. You did this with fitness. Yep. And so all these trainers started flooding to me and they're like, yep. Hey, like, how did you do? I was like, Hey guys, like, I don't really like the business coaching world and, you know, doing this. And, uh, I started, started helping them. I made another company called fitness CEOs that went to a million in three months. And it was just, um, I think part of it was just, I could triple the price point, quadruple the price yeah. point. I had proof of concept. And you were so niche, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course, you're and copying no everything. It. Yeah. And no one's doing it, right? Especially yeah. when you niche down. That's the power. Like, you have a little bit, you can't go quite as broad, right? And I'm sure you've noticed that with ads and stuff. For but sure. Like, you can take over the market a lot easier because there's just less options, right? Yep. So you stand out more. And then from there, uh, that year I did 10 million. And then the next year we did 15. And then that's finally when I was like, I took a breath. Yep. Um, and I was like, okay, like, I'm going to be okay for the rest of my life. Um, so that's kind of like the long story short, but it was, Dude, so it was powerful. Crazy. What I love about Ru what Russell did, and Elon talks about this as well, like Elon's yeah. like, you know, we, we have baby showers. Why don't we have business showers? Yeah. Why don't uh, we celebrate you starting oh, your awesome. business and bring you over a, a, a you know, a, a laptop and yeah. bring you over like a remarkable and bring you over like some business cards. Like, yeah. why doesn't that shit happen? And I love what Russell's <sighs> done is like, let's award entrepreneurs let's give them a stage and like reward them for yeah. doing well because we get it and, you know pro athletes get it musicians well, get you're it. all by yourself actors get it you're all by yeah. yourself like a lot of i mean a lot of us especially with the internet we're just all working at home yeah you know because we don't need the big overhead and office and stuff that's a lot what of i love times. about it yeah, yeah and so you kind of get lonely right and yeah. so i didn't even really know that world existed but mm -hmm. when i finally got the award i didn't you know it holds some weight it for holds sure. weight for some people because it's kind of like you know hey like i've made some money um, and so I, I don't know how much I've made because of Russell, uh, but it pro I probably made more than I would have without him for sure. You know? So he's, he's a good guy. And what I love about people like Russell, um, you know, people that create a big stage like that is they give us the permission to think bigger. Oh yeah. When you come in, you're like, you know, I, cause I feel good. I was like, Oh, I made a million dollars in my second year of business. And I was like, Oh, I'm good. Like, I'm good. It's like, Really, guys, this at this day and age, a million bucks really ain't all it's that. Not, not, it's not that much anymore. No, it really isn't. Uh, you can't retire on that. No. You can't. You need more like seven, eight, nine, yeah. ten in the bank, and then have smart investments to where you're we're I mean, we still got a long, long way to go, but in 30 years, I mean, we don't know where inflation is gonna be at. Yeah. So when people are like, Oh, I just want to be a millionaire, it's like that's the new six figure earner. Yeah. Or less. Or I mean, less with you inflation. Know? I mean, and it I liked your point when you said about Russell, though. It's like the four minute mile. And yeah. I've seen that. You know, the first person I saw that actually helped me, um, we're not like super close. Like we know each other, we were acquaintances, but like Billy Jean, I remember seeing his ads. Yep. And I was the first guy, I was like, oh, hey, this guy is like super rich. I'm like, what? I'm like, I can do this. And it wasn't in a negative way. Like yeah. when people are like, oh, he's lucky that. I just remember seeing Billy Jean. I was like, man, like I, I can do this. Like if this guy can do it, I can do it. Then Russell. And then um, I think recently the new four minute mile for me was like seeing Alex Becker and Alex Tramosi go from internet marketing and kind of pivot. Mm -hmm. And then Becker just sold for, I don't know if you heard, he mil? just sold like 110 mil or something, yeah. right? And it, it seemed like he's trying to keep it kind of hush-hush, but I thought it was cool. And then, uh, you know, Mosey, I think he'll be a billionaire before 40. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little out, but I mean, definitely in the next 10 years. And so that's been cool too, because it's like what you said. Um, it's weird how the human brain works, but 
as soon as you see someone else do it, you're like, oh, it's doable. Oh, okay, yeah, it's like it's like it raises the bar. And I think uh, to summarize, like it's it's the journey, right? I yeah. got so focused on the money that finally, once I had all the money, it kind of sucked because you realize you're just a smaller fish in a bigger pond. Yeah. You know, so there's a, I think Becker said it and he has some quote. He's like, all you guys who talk about how rich you are, you're comparing yourself to like poor people. He's like, look at this picture. And he, you know, he shows it a New York apartment. It's like a hundred million dollars. And he's like, this is where the big guys play. And I think that's cool because at some point, I think if you can truly enjoy what you're doing in the journey and like the progress. So if you can become a billionaire, it's like the things you'd have to become to get there. I 100%. think that's, that really is the fulfillment because the second you get it, it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to have one party. And then the next day you're, you don't think now, but you'll say, well, what's next? Yeah. And that's how I felt literally after I had my first million dollar month. And I was, it was depressing because I said, man, like I just worked so hard to get here and I'm not even happy. Mm-hmm. So that's a great lesson because, you know, it's always about your mission will keep you yeah. going. If you're always chasing yeah. the money, you will burn out. And I've gone through oh, three different 100%. stages of it, of just like being, yeah, money in the bank, family taken care of, but like just so unfulfilled. 100%. And it was like, and that was when I was running my own agency, doing a little bit of coaching, but, you know, working with attorneys and dentists and all these yeah. people that were not the people I wanted to be around. <laughs> Nothing against you guys for listening, but it's like, I was getting the big clients that, were, that were the, you know, the super wealthy, but also right. unhappy, you know, that right. dedicated their entire lives to their careers. And then also they were not having a vision for impact. Yeah. Now with working with helping people start their own businesses, they have dreams or good people to be around. Yeah. They want to have impact. They want to start nonprofits like we've done. They want to start giving back. It's like, that is a lot like more i guess that's a lot more push to like keep going yeah. because you're actually just seeing well, it in a different way yeah when things get hard I, yeah. I think something that's been such a huge blessing for me is uh when i first started my business my two first employees were my brothers or team members i just say they probably prefer that yeah, but yeah. you Look, know come on, bro yeah come my, on. <laughs> my homies yeah but it's funny they didn't have any skills but now you know we're five years in both of my brothers are ceos of different companies Dope. i own and they're making way more now than they ever would have. Yep. And so I kind of look at that. That's like what makes it fun. You know, it's like you're seeing not only the impact you're having, but other people. Um, and you got to get detached from the results. Because like you said, I'm telling you, especially Miami, what, where you think you're the big dog, I promise you I can introduce you to someone else who's bigger. And it's always going to happen. You know, the only person who doesn't have to experience that is Elon. Yeah. So, you know, lucky for him. But <laughs> I just think for the rest of us, like you do have to find it's got to be about the progress and the journey because yep. like, you know, at least for me, I don't know how you are. I realize that ultimately more money, the only things it buys after a certain degree is cars, boats, jets, you know, houses. It, it's like, there's nothing we really can't do with one to 2 million bucks a year. Like you can pretty much do whatever you want. Yeah. I, I don't even know. I don't really even know friends who spend more than that. Some right. of my friends who are making literally, you know, 30, $50 million a year, probably take home. I mean, they probably spend one to two mil yeah. outside of those things. And for so, sure you know, that just can't be what motivates you is like bigger house because even when you get it six months later, at least for me, it gets old. It's old. It's old. Yeah. So but when you see transformation in somebody else's lives, like that continues to make you happy, yeah. brings you joy. Like I had a student walk up to me at this event and was like, bro, I bought into like one of your first programs and it changed my freaking life. <laughs> yeah, it's and I remembered his name because he was like one of the first couple hundred people into our first community that we had built. And I was like, Brandon? Yeah. I was like, dude, what have you been up to? He's yeah. like, man, I'm taking it to the next level and now I'm learning how to speak on stages. Yeah. And he's like, you were that person that like got me to think differently. Yeah. 
And he's like, and that like lit me up all day. And it's important. I think it's important to remember that because at least for me, you know, you see that more and you're kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like whatever. And then we focus on like the bad, you know, so you get like one out of 100 people who like they get upset and your your whole focus goes there. Yep. And then your team's like, hey, like we have like 99 people here who are super happy. It's, it's like it's just interesting how the human brain works sometimes. Oh, big time, big time. And especially just energetically when we hear one negative comment or someone cuts us off or whatever the case may be. Someone's like, oh, you're, you're a fucking loser, whatever. It'll actually on a on a neurological level will take nine positive experiences to reset your energy if you allow oh, it to. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So when you're in a negative work environment and everyone is bitching about whatever and that's all you hear all day long, like you need a lot of positive reinforcement to like get you back to ground zero yeah. energetically. Yeah. And that, like, make, that like makes you'll, sense. You'll bump, you'll bump into somebody at the mall or something or at a restaurant having a bad day and you're just kind of like, whoa. That yeah. Was, that was a weird yeah. vibe. And no. it kind of affects you for yeah. a little bit. So like when you start paying attention to these things and you're looking at what what are you compiling like what's compiling up for you each day? You know, is it is it negativity? Is it people throwing negative stuff at you? It's like that's where you have to start navigating that and getting those people like out of your life, getting out of that situation, you know, getting around the people that truly care about you, that want to like, you know, move you further. And um, you know, a good friend of mine was like, Yeah, your your parents, for most of you, keep you poor. Your parents keep you in the in their because they're scared right fear-based i think what's really exciting about the power of the internet now and how much amazing free information is out there is like our consciousness has been able to shift into more of an abundant type mentality because we're we're in the informational age like you can get so much for health mindset finance you name it there are so many experts that have gotten out there and are sharing this wisdom and it's shortening the gap for us to where you know growing up is like go out and get get what you can and get what's yours. And you're going to have to like climb up people's backs to get there. And it's like, no, that's not it. We've it's been di- doing it all it's, wrong. It's you know? different. It's, it's, it's actually crazy talking to my dad and, and it, just thinking about the internet. I mean, it hasn't been around that long. No, we YouTube, saw it. YouTube. Yeah. It's barely been around and it's crazy. Like, I don't know. I, I bet like our ancestors look at us and they're laughing. Like you guys are a bunch of idiots with your social media, but right. it's completely changed how you can make money. And my dad, I mean, he's like, I mean, dude, I would love to have done what you did. It just wasn't around. Like yeah. it didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, in, we're living in a very like privileged time where, um, I don't think we even understand. Like I, it's crazy. I think the next like billionaires, the next generation of billionaires are going to be for the, there's going to be obviously, uh, a spread, but I think like, you're going to see a lot of the Logan Pauls and the Mr. Beast and those guys become billionaires yeah. because just the, what social media and the internet is allowing them to do is insane. Money follows attention. Yeah. Money follows attention. That's the, that's the greatest asset you could have yeah. is attention, right? Because you look at these, like, um, these massive influencers that because they have influence, yeah. became billionaires with their products, their shows, their this w- or that. Without, without probably zero ad spend well, for most of them. I know. So pure profit. <laughs> so, cause I, I don't know for your company, but I'd say like we're pretty aggressive. And so I'd say probably 60% of our expense is probably ads. Oh, or, for sure. More. And on top of that, you know, you look at, you look at like a uh, Mr. Beast or a Logan Paul and Jake Paul, and uh, don't get me wrong. Like those guys are probably smart. I mean, they, they're obviously at a very high level. They did something right. But, you know, you think about, the way you built your business. And like, to me, I'm like, man, they probably don't know more like about like operational side of like growing a business and marketing, but look how much better they're doing. And it, and it just yeah. kind of goes to show it's a weird shift because I used to think 
social media was so stupid. And the reason I did is in the beginning, I didn't have a following. Yep. And so I do think for 99% of people, the focus there is stupid. I really do believe that. But once you kind of get to that next level and you have some money, you realize, man, like if I could get that type of following, it would just accelerate everything. Um, and with all, you know, all the ad spend that we spend, I mean, I just can't even imagine getting that much free traffic. Like I want to know what to do with it. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> when we're doing, you know, I wouldn't, I mean, and like, they're just so like energy drinks, burgers, like just stuff that's no fulfillment. It's like just very low cost, very yeah. easy to fulfill. You know, you can grow very big. So I mean, Mr. B is like a genius marketer. The way that yeah. he does his stuff is he, unbelievable. And again, yeah. yeah, like you said, on the whole operation side, ad spend guy probably doesn't know how to run ads whatsoever at all but he's like dude i will go out and blow anybody out of the water with exactly. organic content and like that was the move and he's been doing it for a long time it's consistency yeah. and you see these people i remember when they first like started their social medias and they're all talking about like gary v's talking about it and you got stick um, with them man. yeah you you have to and like and i and i didn't back then but we say consistent with ads and different things yeah and so anytime you want to get in and, and make a change in your life whether it's growing organic content or getting in better shape or whatever it's that consistency every single yeah. day like they interview people how and did you how did you get 300 million views it's like i put out a video every day for five years and then do anything that's how well, i got you and, know? and it's the it's the love for the process and i i think i keep seeing that because i went through like some you know pretty severe depression or what i thought was you know that's what i say too is like it may not have been i just was very sad but you know i I went through that part where I said, man, like I have all this money. Why do I feel so sad? And then I really had to look inside and say, you know, why am I still working if I don't need to? Why does this matter? And for me, like I came to the conclusion in a simplistic form. I said, well, I just like it. I was like, I, I actually like this shit. And it was yeah. weird because at first you're so poor and you're so money hungry yeah. that you don't even realize you like what you're doing. You like the push. Um, and so like Mr. Beast, he talks about, he's like, yeah, I just shoot videos like all day long. Like I just live here and like my girlfriend, like I barely see her that much and she's fine with it. And like Gary Vee, he does it all day long. And so um, if you're going to stick with something, right, the longer you can stick with something, the better the results. But to stick with it, I think you really have to love it and you can't sure. fake it. And so it, it it's almost like the same thing I used to say when I was competing and I was doing bodybuilding is you can't fake it, right? Like if someone's out of shape, you're like, you're obviously not working out. You're obviously not eating healthy. And so I think it's a longer timeline for business because, yep. you know, I can't look at you and say, man, you look like you worked hard today. I don't know. Right. But I think it's the same thing where the people who actually do the biggest things, they love it. Like I just look at Elon. I'm like, he has to love it. He does. He has to. And so it goes, I think a lot of people, they try to trick themselves into it. And I think if you're only after the money, that only push you so far until you burn out. And I mean, I went through, it sounds like you went through oh, it. Oh, for sure. So. For sure. Um, and again, nowadays with the power of the internet, the power of being on stages, the power of podcasts, like you can literally get really passionate about what you want to do and yeah. you can go make a business out of it. Yeah. Like it Pretty can happen. <laughs> like at the, at the Sages event, like we literally built a business in 15 minutes that would generate about $1.5 million a year Yeah, from just being passionate about improving a system or improving yeah. a in this case, it's like med spas. Like what makes the difference between a good one and a bad one? It's like some of them are comfy and amazing and like they treat you the right way. And so it's like you could literally build a four module training about how to treat people the right way, how to just have bottles of water. People are like, oh, you know, it costs so much money to put bottles of water in there. It's like if I go to an establishment and I can't get a cold glass of water, I'm sitting there to wait to, for them to get their shit together. I'm already pissed. You talk about going to that steakhouse <laughs> where you're sitting there for well, an, hour, an hour man. and you're like, I'm trying to give you guys a thousand dollars for a steak. Yeah. Let me in the damn door. Yeah. And I was like, shit like that. Like you see these breaks in systems and like, that's where it. people make money. Just fix it. You'd be yeah. there. Just fix it. 
Yeah. You see what it is. And if you're passionate about it, it can happen. And that's why on Abundance.io, we talk about literally just going and leveraging platforms. We call it platform arbitrage. Yeah. So people are already renting houses on Airbnb. And there's people that have amazing houses that don't know how to take the photos. They don't know how to write the copy. They yeah. don't know how to optimize it. And you can go in there and be making 20% off of their property without owning it and make a yeah, shit ton like of money. Yeah, run it for them and so forth. Yeah. And like, and and you understand hospitality. Like I used to bartend and then I was a massage therapist and then I was a waiter. And you learn how to talk to people. You learn hospitality. Yeah. You learn how to look for these little things where you're like, huh, that person took me a lot more money because I was quicker. Right. I kept, the water was half full. So, so I always made sure it was all the way full. I didn't wait until it got to the bottom. It's like, you start to see these things. Yeah. It's like, go apply that to these other businesses and just make them better. Like so many people are like, I have this amazing idea when I create this product that doesn't exist and I don't have any marketing oh, and I don't have any brand awareness. I don't have a uh, product market fit. And then they want to go get a hundred thousand dollar loan oh, and then yeah. go start this business. That's why 98% yeah, of businesses I, I, fail. I look at Shark Tank and I'm like, the only winners on there are the sharks. Like I will be yeah. the shark. I was like, all these other people, in my opinion, they're losing because a lot of times the businesses are, I mean, sometimes when they're asking for the money, I'm so perplexed. Yeah. Like, I'm like, you're giving up 50% of your business for 50 grand? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just perplexing to me because I just feel there's so many easier ways to make money, uh, yeah. especially without products to start. Like, I'm not against products. I just think, you know, I look back at the first business I built and I just like, sometimes I, I see those deals and I'm like, man, there's just, there's easier ways to build a business. I yeah. think people, one, they overcomplicate it. For sure. Like they way overcomplicate. It's like, make something, go sell it. Yeah. That's it. It's not like you have a business. You right? need to dedicate all of your energy on finding customers. Yeah. People are like, oh, my business card isn't quite right. And my logo needs to be yeah, just, Like No one cares about your logo. Yeah. Or like, just <laughs> doing too many things. Like I had a discussion with a sweet uh, lady the other day and, you know, she's asked me her, her, her advice and, you know, I'm like, you just told me you had six programs. I think you have more stuff than I do. Yeah. You know, and she's barely starting. So just keeping stuff super simple, something that's, you know, and I look at like low risk, low cost, like the total opposite. Like you don't need to go out and take these massive swings to start. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times the people are taking the massive swings. It's not their money. It's venture capital's money. And yeah. so, yeah. you know, yeah. if you got to bootstrap it, the last thing I think you need to do is like you don't have to go out and spend money. Like I built my entire companies. All of them are completely bootstrapped. Yep. And yep. Uh, it's funny because when the recession hits, I've talked to a bunch of VCs. They're going to start looking for entrepreneurs. It's coming back, right? It's yep. coming back. They're going to look for entrepreneurs who can bootstrap companies because yep. all these companies are not making any money. Totally. I mean, I hear these valuations and it's crazy, but they'll tell me the valuation. I'm like, well, how much profit does it do? All right. Oh, it's, it's running at a negative 1 million a month. It's it, mind blowing. It mind blows me because we're just so used to bootstrapping stuff. Yeah. Uh, and like but having guess, huge returns monthly. Yeah, yeah, but I guess it's just how the game works. But it's crazy because they don't, you know, if they don't sell, they don't get anything. Pretty much because they're they're running negative. So, anyways, it's totally different game, totally a little off topic, but it's it's just interesting. No, for sure, and like that's the whole point of uh, the Abundance podcast and our platform is really just like showing people how to be creative and going out there and making money with like low to no money down, yeah. and being able to have the highest success rate of being successful. And that's what you did with your business coming out of the gate. You're like, listen, I have value. I know how to help these other people that. Were you coaching? Yeah, so just getting them in shape. So, yeah. I mean, so you started with coaching and then eventually started coaching other people that wanted to Yeah, and, and as like, well. it's funny because I never thought I'd get into that. I yeah. actually, I mean, I, like, I would talk so much shit about kind of like business coaches, like, man, this guy and that guy. But it's funny when you become successful, it, it's, it's like as you make more money, it gets easier to make more money. And it's, it's like, it should be backwards, right? It should be easier and then it gets harder. But 
as you're successful and people see that, they start asking you for help and then more opportunities open yeah. up and then you meet more people and then they want to do things with you and then you have money to actually invest in things and now you're making passive income. It's uh that that was kind of how I started. So, you know, I just think most trainers specifically, you know, they're just broke. I yeah. mean, I was broke as shit. And I would see, you know, I go to Mr. Olympia, they're doing it this weekend. And I go there and I'm jacked and I'm freaking, you know, eating chicken broccoli every day and I'm shredded <laughs> and I was broke. And it yeah. just, it was so frustrating to me to be like, like, how do you make money in this industry? And a lot of the guys, they don't. Yeah. And that's the sad part. The guys who really make the money is like they use and leverage their bodies and their brand to then go off and sell something. Right. But I thought it was like, oh, I'm going to get a sponsorship and I'm going to be rich. But um, it just, you know, I was a young kid and I didn't know any better, but, um, that was really the only way I saw how I could stay in the fitness industry and become wealthy. Cause yeah. I, I didn't want to work at a gym yeah. and I sure as hell, like didn't want to just, you know, like do modeling all this stuff and like, you know, all the, there's, there's other stuff I can tell you about that I did that <laughs> super embarrassing now, but like it, it just wasn't the path to go down for sure. Well, and you know, business consulting has changed, yeah, right? I think so. Big time where. I don't, I didn't go to school for marketing. I didn't go to school for consulting. Um, and yeah, you didn't either, but we just learned how to scale our own businesses. And now when we consult or do equity share deals or whatever, it's like, they're coming to us. They're not going to these consultants that are 50 years old that consulted these business back before the internet was created. Right. You know what I mean? It's changed a lot. And it's like the value that you can actually bring to a company. And this is what we teach our students through the marketing component of it. It's like, you are the bloodline in their business. When you can bring them sales on automated by flipping a switch and turning on the software, it's like, that is the consulting that these businesses need. Same with the people that are coming to you. They're like, how do I grow my business? We run more ads. We write better copy. We create VSLs. Like these old school guys, like do not get that, that are yeah. in traditional consulting. Like we got to really, you know, increase the bottom line and yeah. you know, we need to, you know, we need middle management and like all this other yeah. shit. And you're just like, it's, it's, it's evolving so fast. And that's like when people go to college, by the time you get out of college, the world has evolved so far. It. You just don't need it. That, yeah. that even in a lot of these industries, people are graduating and cannot get a job yeah. because they don't have the qualifications. Yeah, to each their own, I think college was a complete waste. And yeah. there was two reasons. The first was that I remember taking a physics class and I was studying my ass off. And I was always the guy who, you know, had friends who could just show up and get A's. I could get A's, but I had to study. And yep. so I was studying my ass off and I had a C and I was like, you know, I don't want this on my, you know, um, resume or what, <laughs> what are you even calling it? Degrees. Right. right. Call, I don't even remember getting college anymore. So <laughs> I never went. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So a degree. And so I dropped out cause you get like five dropouts. And the only reason you do it is so you can retake it to get a better grade. Right. And I remember I got a different teacher. I went on this website. I can't remember what it's called anymore, but it rates professors. And uh, he was highly rated. And I took his class and I got a 98. And I was like, this is complete bullshit. I took the same class, but this guy, all he did is he graded a little easier. So my, it was a 10 question test every time. And it was 10 points a piece. And my first professor, he's like, two questions, like a little bit off, he'd give me 10 points off. And then this other guy, like I get a little bit wrong. He's like three points or like two points. And I was like, man, that's such bullshit. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is literally a game. Like, and someone wants me to get a piece of paper that says I know something, but it literally is dependent on where I go to school and who my teacher is. That's, yeah. That doesn't seem fair. And how much are you using that information uh, like in, your, zero. in your business? Like zero. Yeah. And that's the thing. So I, I do believe like if you need the degree for something you want to do, great. But it's just like, I, I have not one time. We have 90 plus people on my team right now. I don't think I've asked anyone for their resume or degree, excuse me, their resume. Yes. But their degree, I don't care. And I don't right. care if they've graduated. I'm simply looking, do you have experience doing what I need you to do? That's it. Yeah. I, I just, I don't see the, I mean, I guess the only value is if they can finish, you're like, Hey, they can do a hard thing. Yeah. But 
it just doesn't seem to make sense. Like there's just so many other things you could be doing now that will make you more valuable. For sure. No doubt. We need our doctors and we need our trainees. People, yeah. that's what you want to do. Please do that because I want to show up to a hospital and have a doctor. <laughs> Agree. Yeah. Like, like if you need the degree, do it 100%. Uh, but I like what you said about like the hiring because the hiring process has changed as well. Like we hire oh, yeah. people that have like characteristics. Like, are you fun to be around? Are you hungry? <laughs> like, do I enjoy, yeah. like if you're going to be in our organization for the next five years, 10 years, and we're going on these retreats and having all this fun together, like, I don't want to hire a bummer. Like, no, that's de definitely no, 100%. a big one. Yeah. And like, are you, do you have a long-term vision? Do you want to grow with us? Because we do equity, uh, equity payouts for like our employees based on like what they're contributing. And are we all contributing to, to profit, not just revenue? Right. Like you said, a lot of these companies, these tech companies are running a million dollars negative every month. It's like, oh, if you want to help money. us grow and you're contributing and you're evolving your part of this company, yeah, great. You're going to get incentivized to do that. And that's again, thinking outside of the traditional hierarchy of corporate of the corporate world these big tech companies like you come in and you serve the next level and you serve the next level it's like no us as entrepreneurs and leaders now that thing is flipped upside down i serve all of my people and that's what allows us to grow which again is going against the grain breaking out of the traditional system yeah no 100 percent. and um I, I like what you do with your team there i think for us what we look at the most i actually got roasted on this the other day but i tell people i said you know this may be incorrect but that's my feeling if they start asking about work-life balance and vacation days on the interview i don't want them on the team yeah because it's a totally wrong mindset, right? right? Like they're looking at how little can I do to right. get paid what you want me to, sure. to what I want to get paid. And I want someone who's like, how more, how much more can I do? How much more can I help? And it's interesting because a lot of people, they look at hard work like it's a bad thing or it's taboo or you need work-life balance. But the reality is like for my executives, you'll make more money with me easier just working a few more hours a day if that's what it takes, Right. right? Than going off and doing your own thing. And people forget that. If you run your own business, you're wearing eight, 10 hats, especially if you're doing under like 100K a month. You know, yep. I'll see people, they're like, oh, I do 20K a month profit. And I'm like, and you work more than I do. And you're stressed out and yep. you hate you hate it. And you're not good at a lot of things. Uh, so that's actually for us. We look for proactivity, competitive greatness, and integrity. And like for me, I'm not saying you have to work 12, like you must work 12 hours. But what I ask them is, that, are you willing? Like, right. are you willing to work right. 10 to 12 hour days? Step up. Yeah, because like if you're the clock in, clock out, nine o'clock, five o'clock, and you clock out, it's just not, I hate, I just don't resonate. Like I don't resonate because I've worked so long for so hard. Yep. I can't remember the last time I stopped working before seven o'clock minimum. Like minimum, like that's just normal for me. I'm like, oh, seven o'clock. All right, like I'll call it early today instead of eight or nine. Right. And I just love what I do, and I think you can find people like that. I think a lot they have of, the grit. Yeah, like I think a lot of business owners they go like you know I've had even my COO says this, and I love him. He's a beast, but he goes, you know, Tanner, you can't expect them to be the business owner. And I'm like, yeah, maybe not, but I sure as hell don't have to let someone in who doesn't fit our standards. And right. you just have to be willing to hold out. It's yeah. like anything. It's like for sure, people treat you know people on their team. As if it's like the first girl on Tinder that swipes right. I'm like, you don't, you're not just going to marry the first girl you date, right? Like you're going to go through and date a couple girls. I think it's the same thing for hiring. And you yeah. just have to be willing to hold out for what the business needs and not just like, oh, this person doesn't want to do it. So they're good enough. We'll just kind of lower our standards. I think that's the total wrong way to go. Oh, for sure. 100%. No, I agree. I agree. And especially right now too, with the atmosphere that a lot of, you know, the, the businesses like we run is like, it is very, you know, free flowing. It's like, you can work from home. Do you guys have an office or do you have people? No. So right now, I mean, all remote, yeah. all remote. And sometimes I kind of wish we did. Yeah. Uh, but just at this point, I'm like, I think the amount of effort and work it would take to do that. I don't know if it's worth it. 
Well, yeah, you got a lot of overhead, like we're talking about um, overhead and the coffee breaks and yada, yada, yada. And we got to do the lunches and these things. It's like the way that we can operate so lean with an internet business is so awesome. Super lean. But also um, going back to what you're saying, it's like, yeah, hiring the people that are going to step up. But it's like, I don't care when you work, but we have, we set in these new metrics inside of our companies. Like if you're, if you're hitting your goals and for some reason you want to work 9 PM till one in the morning, that's like your, your flow state and you crush it and you're continuing to evolve your day. Amazing. Go for it. Like that's fantastic. As long as you're hitting your mark, as long as you're hitting your marks in congruence with the rest of the team, we're all good there. If that takes you 80 hours a week, that takes you 80 hours a week. You're going to get better at it. If that takes you 30 hours a week. Yeah. It's just, you work until it's done, not when you want to quit. And I will say like, I like that. Uh, obviously like I'm, I'm assuming like not the client facing positions no, no, like, no. cause like nine no, to five, no. like it's like, you know, yeah. you can't ask your client, Hey, I want to work at 1am, but no, I, I agree with that sentiment. And that's more of what I was trying to say the other day. Um, I don't personally care if like people get mad. It's like, you, I think like being opinionated is powerful. No, I think, you like, have to be with it. If everybody likes you, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But I, I definitely think you want to find people who they just love doing a good job. They take pride in their work and it's just, you just know the difference. You yeah. see someone who puts in 10 hours here and 10 hours here and this person, you're like, what is this thing? Mm-hmm. And this person is just amazing. And they're like, what else can I do? What else can I do? I'm like that. That's the attitude of like people you want to like raise in your company. That's for what sure. I look for. For sure. And definitely like we started hiring a players and paying more because we knew if we hired the B and the C players and in the long term, we're going to end up paying more. Right. We're not getting as good of commissions. Uh, you know, we're not supporting our customers in the best way. So we're getting, you know, it, it's, it really starts to like add up over yeah. time, which I know that you're definitely a firm mm-hmm. believer in that for sure. Yeah. I, it's, you know, it's funny. I, I made a post the other day and I, I genuinely only think one competitor we've had in the last five years is still around. That's like big. And when I say big, like at least a million a month, right? You know, there might be someone there who I don't know, but I find that interesting because, you know, when you first start the company and I'm guilty of this too. So I'm guilty of this too. But when you first start, you're so just any little thing that's going to increase profit, you're like, dude, this, 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 this. And then you realize that it's such a long game that if you do stuff at the detriment of others, eventually it does come back around. For sure. And so I think a lot of the people who dropped out either A, weren't that profitable, right? So they're like, it's not really worth it. Or B, um, they didn't they didn't do like the hard things like building an actual team and putting in management and get, get doing a great service because ultimately a lot of internet marketing companies, it's you know, churn and burn. Yep. I mean, they are churning yep. and burning like crazy. And so we've spent a ton of time to really get a massive amount of, you know, upgrades and re-signs and, you know, cross-pollination or other offers. And I think you have to because, yep. you know, service service is harder, right? So, you know, you shouldn't have the same expectations for, uh, you know, attrition or churn as like a tech company, but, you know, we shoot for 10%. And I think the average in the industry is 30% or more. And so if you can get it at least to that, I, you know, your business will just be so much better for, and you don't put so much pressure on constantly making sales each and every month. Yeah, no doubt. So let's, let's rewind a little bit back to when you first got started. Let's say you have the information that you have now. Yeah. Talking back to your younger self, when you're first getting started with a business and you're still trying to figure it out, like what would you tell that younger Tanner? Oh man, don't be a little, you know, <laughs> that's probably what I was saying. being a wuss. I, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I, so the way I was raised and I grew up, I basically kind of willed my way to kind of what I felt was success at the time. So, you know, I got bullied a lot as a kid. I was kind of strange. You know, my dad's very conservative, very religious, you know, and I had two older sisters. So, you know, 
tea parties, dress up dresses didn't really help me. Right. Yeah. So I get to school and I'm, I made fun of a lot. I'm bullied. And so I started working out because I wanted to beat kids up. And because I'm 12, I started getting a lot of muscles and you know, I'm the only kid in the school that has muscles. And I just remember the instant respect. I was like, yeah. Oh shit. Like this feels good. And so that was a very, I still to this day think that's one of the most pivotal points of my life because every time I worked hard with grades, I got A's. I was like, Oh, and then like, I would like, you know, keep working and talking to girls and then girls would like me I'm like, man, like if I work hard, I get results. Um, the downside of that is at 22 is I was, I was so egotistical because of my success that I felt like I did this on my own. Like no one helped me mm -hmm. that I was so unwilling to get help because I felt like I just figured out that I wasted two to three years. And, you know, it, I played sports, so I really couldn't start a business till I was 22, 23, because that was my life. Like mm -hmm. I wanted to play in the NFL. And so I didn't even really think about business until that was over. Um, but if I could go back in time, I just would have said, dude, like get help. Yeah. Like it's just it's just ego. It's just ego. Like if you're not where you want to be, someone else is there. You have to be willing to humble yourself. And it, I think as I've made more money, I'm actually more humble. Like I have sure. confidence, right? And and it may come off as arrogance to people who don't know me, but it's just confidence. But I'm humble enough to know the more I learn, the more I make, the less I actually realize I know. Yep. And I think a lot of wealthy and smart people understand that. I think the dumbest people think they know the most. For sure. Is what I've seen. 100%. Wow, that was really insightful because it is when you start to open up your mind, your business gets bigger, you're getting better shape, you're thinking clearer, like you have more time to do research, you have more time to listen to other people. You're like, man, when I thought I had this thing figured out, I realized like there is still a lot to learn. And I really think when it comes to growing your finances, if your bank account's not where you want it to be, it's because A, you're not putting enough value into the world. So you need to get that figured mm -hmm. out. And then B, you have limiting beliefs that are not allowing you to get you to that next level, which in most cases, and that was for me too, is like, I thought I knew everything. I wasn't going to school. Nobody knew how to like tell me what to do. And I became like very off putting and really just closed my ears and put my head down. Mm -hmm. And then after four years of really struggling and going through different. Oh, it humbles you. Oh, you're like, oh sh shit. Actually, right. I don't know. My what way I'm, isn't I, working. And my way is not working. And you know, that guy was right. And I, I took that challenge as not something to challenge me, but to push me down Yeah, and learn to turn that around where when people would give me advice or challenge me, I was like, okay, I'm taking it on because I see where you're at and I want to yeah. get to where you're at. Well, and it's funny too, um, the saying, right? They say like, when you want to be, when you want to be as successful as you want to breathe, like I think the story where the guy goes in the water with the teacher and the teacher pushes him under the water, right? And he's like, I want to be successful. I think I hit that point. And it's really hard to manufacture. It's really hard to manufacture. It's like a playoff game. You know, it's where someone's like, oh, it's a, treat it like a playoff game. And it's like, yeah, but it's a scrimmage, coach. Like, I'll try. But, like, it's just hard. But I think for me, when I turned 25, I genuinely remember I was like, dude, I would rather be homeless than, like, be a loser. Like, I just felt like I was at the bottom of the bottom. I just felt, like, so, like, low about myself. And, like, because I felt like when you're a football player, especially when you're playing division one, I, I mean, you're a God, right? Especially in Texas, like even in high school, you're a God. They yeah. just look at you as like, wow. And then I just remember when that was over, they're just like, oh, okay. Bye. And it's like, yep. it's like this identity, like just gets stripped from you. And I know a lot of athletes deal with it for sure. And so that, that to me is like, I think a lot of people, they have, they just don't want it as bad as they say. And you might just have to go through, like you have to hit the bottom to like get there. And for me, it was just that when I turned 25 and I just felt like I was old. Yeah. 
And I just said, man, I'll be homeless before like I give up. And that was when things change. Big when time. you just like burn the ships and yep. you just decide that you're going to make it happen. You have to just remove failure off the table. That's yeah. what I had to do. Like quit all the jobs, you know, everything. Yeah, like, cause I'm you all have these in. crutches. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like, even if you say it's not a crutch, like, you it know, is. In the back, it is. It is. Out of fear, out of down. scarcity mindset, you hold on to that job. You keep working that remote, you know, sales job while you're trying to build your company. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people went into, you know, got to work from home, even though they're working for tech or corporate or whatever. And then they're like kind of trying to start this entrepreneurial thing. Like I had yeah. a lot of my students doing it that were in the center circle. And I said, all of you, you're, you're already making money. If you actually want to get your goals, quit your job right now. You have to go all in. You have to go all in. I'm like, success leaves clues. Listen to Tanner on this podcast right now. You had to go all in. Mm -hmm. The guys I interviewed today, I had to go all in. That's where I really got there because that job is keeping you poor. That safety is keeping you poor. That safety is keeping you in fear state. And as long as you're there, you're not going to have the time, the energy, the resources to go meet with the people that you need to that are going to help you make that quantum leap. You're not going to have the time to really put in your business because <clears throat> people talk about money and resources, <clears throat> money and time, sorry, are your most valuable resources. I disagree. It's brain power. And you only get three to four hours of that oh, yeah. a day. And you were talking about that. It's like, you want to yeah. come home late at night at eight o'clock start working you on your can't. business? It doesn't work. I tried it, it that I tried it that way. And that's what changed my mind because I realized I just said I'm too tired yeah. to put any real effort, right? Real effort, like where you can actually think and make things happen. And even like in, you know, a service-based business, you know, you got to reach out to people, you got to do sales calls. So it's yeah. like, when are you gonna do when are you gonna do the reach out? When are you gonna do the sales calls? Uh it just it just doesn't really work. And so I think to your point, I tell people make as little as humanly possible to just scrape by and then put all your other time yep. into the business. Um, because especially if you're single, because when you get older, I remember <laughs> my mentor said it and I didn't, you know, really understand the time. He says, you know what, if you get that job and you start making a hundred grand a year and you meet a girl and it's you done. tell her you're going to start a business, he's like, you're done. Because he's like, she's not going to support you going backwards. He's like, you do it now or you don't do it at all. And I don't know why, but I just remember that being so impactful for me. And now that I'm older, I was like, dude, that was such good advice. Because yeah. like, I, I even picture my girlfriend now and she's an entrepreneur. And I'm like, hey, like, so we're going to change our lifestyle like 180 degrees. I, like, I still think she'd be like, oh, like, no, like it's no, pretty good. I, I, like, I'm, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, it's just so interesting to see that. I think as you get older and you have kids and you're an adult, like my heart goes out to people because you just have more responsibility. Yeah. Like, and so you can't be quite as selfish because you can't say, like you could say, I'll be homeless, but then like you don't want your kids to be homeless, right? Or your wife or your girlfriend. Yeah. So um, I think that's like for young guys out there listening or girls, like be super reckless in your young age because you can always get a you job. Can. And that's the thing yeah. too. It's like, what's the scariest thing that, um, I don't know if you've read it, but the book, uh, it's called Who Moved My Cheese? Mm -mm. I mean, oh, it's a good book, but long story short, it's about three mice and they're in a maze and food gets dropped off every day. And, you know, one day the food's not there. And the whole book is about this argument where two of the mice stay because they're so scared to go off to, you know, find other food because they're like, well, what if it comes back? Mm -hmm. You know, another mice is like, mouse is like, hey, you know, like, guys, it's been three years. We're going to die. Yeah. And he goes off and actually finds food. But the point is, what's the worst thing that could happen if you stay, you're dead. If you go off, you don't find food, you're dead. So wouldn't you rather at least give yourself a second option? And For I sure. think it's so interesting to see humans do that, but we do it all the time. Oh, yeah. All the time. And especially because, you know, when you're in your later teens, 18, 19, 20, and then like your early 20s, you will have more energy in those years than you will the rest of your life. Yeah. And luckily, 100%. I started to figure it out there. And like, that's your <laughs> prince face. Like, that is when you're yeah. building 
your kingdom. Yeah. So in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, you are in your king phase where you start raising your family and start doing those things. You can be a present father. You can be a present partner, right? And because I remember my relationship at the time when I was building, they were not all that healthy because everything was going in. And so even people, if you're older than that, you still need to like just get those five years that you're going to set aside. It's like, this is the years yeah, I'm going to build and just go. And like, just grind. Like when you talk about giving up, so I was like, I gave up drinking. I gave up going out. I gave up hanging out with friends. Yeah. I gave up all that because I was creating a business that I didn't have anybody's feet really to like follow in. You know, yeah. and like you were kind of the same thing. Like you met one guy that was like, okay, do this. But there wasn't like a big community. There wasn't what we have now, especially with abundance where there's, you know, 20,000 people that can all coach and help each other. Yeah. And like, this is what I've done wrong. And it's like, it's a lot easier to plug in now. And same with people plugging into yours. So we've been able to shorten that gap to where what took me 10 years to build, I'm helping people do in a couple of years. So right. Like, you know, uh, putting people down that are already past those times. But man, if you're single and you're in your 20s and you are not building a business, like you are you're, missing the Yeah. And, and and like, to be fair, you know, if you don't want to build a business, then All like good. get get in a business and like learn skills that will make you valuable. For because sure. I even look now and I, I said, what is the worst thing that could happen like let's say all my businesses shut down or like i don't know they all burn to the ground you know even with sales like what i could go easily make at least like a quarter million a year just doing sales over yeah. the phone yeah. and that's like my that's like the lowest i can think of and it's probably like i probably think of something else i could do even besides that yeah. so i just think if you can go and learn those valuable skills i mean they're infinitely valuable to my company like there's people in my company that are very like infinitely valuable yep where like if they left, I mean, we would survive and move on, but it would just suck. I mean, it'd be terrible. And so, you know, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things you can do where I just th think you can just go out and just learn skills and you don't need a degree. Like even, uh, coders, like uh, if you're a coder and you can build tech and you can help tech companies, you can make a ton of money, ton like of a ton. Money. And so I just, I just think it's interesting now is like, instead of thinking, what do I go to school for? It's like, what skills do I have interest in or what, how much money can I make if I learn them, go learn those skills. And then you apply and guys like me will find you and we won't ask if you got a degree. I won't. Yep. I mean, I could care less personally. I just could care less. I mean, I'm not against it. It's not a bad thing, but it's not going to push you over the edge for sure. So, and there are a lot of great companies, a lot of people in our industry that are really fun, amazing places to work at. You know, we got 150 employees with abundance and we go on trips and we have fun and like people are bringing real skills to the table. Yeah. It's like, there's a lot of those opportunities out there. So like, if you don't want to be an entrepreneur and you don't want to start your own business, like go work for companies that are doing good in the world that treat you well, yeah. that you really enjoy being at. Cause life is short. It is short. Yeah. We don't have all the time in the world. It's yeah. not young. Take a break. Whatever. Yeah. There's just, yeah, I agree. It's just like, you know, find something cause I look for those people too, you know? And so there's just, I think there's a lot of great opportunities out there where you don't have to go and do a job like you hate or you're forced into school. Like you just find a skill that's deemed valuable by the marketplace. And there's people like you and me that will definitely hire those people. I mean, I'm yeah. looking for good talent all the time. hundred percent, hundred percent. We're always growing, always wanting to have impact, you know, always giving back. And for those of you that, you know, want to get into growing a business and, but you don't know where to start yet either. It's like, if you haven't been in a sales position, I got in like a couple like really terrible call centers when I was younger <laughs> that like taught me really bad sales, but just getting on the phone with strangers and talking and learn how to communicate and learn how to listen. And like, if you haven't got a sales job, I would say go get one yeah. 
and learned how to communicate. Communication is the best skill you could ever learn. And so many people are scared about that because we don't learn about it door in school. Yeah. Go to door to door sales. Door to door was the best experience I ever had. Well, it was the worst, but it was the best. Yeah. Um, and the reason it was, it was the, the worst because it was the best. Well, so <laughs> the reason it was the worst is it was 10 to 12 hour a day, six days a week. So, I mean, you would get up, you know, because I get up around six, I go to the gym, and then we'd have like our little meetings, then we'd drive out to area. Area would usually be out one to two hours because, you know, we would pick these kind of pockets in yep. Alabama where, you know, a little less protected, kind of like there wasn't a lot around. So, you know, they're more prone to buy the systems yeah. that we were selling. And then by the time we get back, it's 10 o'clock. And I mean, it's 100 plus degree heat, crazy amounts of humidity. I mean, I had knives pulled on me, guns pulled on me, cops called on me. I remember the cops would always be like, why are you here? I'm like, oh, man, there's a lot of crime here. I'm trying to sell alarms. <laughs> right. You know, but it was crazy because, you know, there's so many excuses they can use. So a lot of times, at least, you know, in a service-based business or in a lot of businesses, you can frame the conversation, right? Application, they opted in. You can, you know, have a setter call. You can do all these things. Right. Door to door. I mean, you knock on the door. They can say anything and you can't really go against it because follow up. I wasn't expecting you. My dog died. My cat died. Got to feed my fish. Just walking out the door. My wife's not home. My husband's not home. Kids need me. Like, there's just so many objections. Yeah. So I went through that for eight months. And I was like, man, like, how do people do this forever? And then I go, oh, so there's warm leads. And I started doing, you know, phone sales. I'm like, man, this is a joke. Yeah. Like, it's so much easier. So yep. I think, you know, even if you could just commit to three to six months, just go hard and go, you know, just go up to Utah. Like, there's a million security companies up there. I worked for one called Alder. And then there's another one called Vivint that I know off the top of my head. Just sign up. It's commission-based. And just look at it as a college education. That was the best sales class I ever took. When I came back and did phone sales, I mean, I just remember like I closed my first deal. I think I was like in my boxers on the couch. And I'm like, this is a joke, <laughs> yeah. like an absolute joke. And I couldn't believe people complained about it because yeah. I just killed myself for like eight months. For sure. You like you did, you put in the work, you did the reps. So yeah. like when it came to that, you're like, boom, I got this. Yeah. And I like our sales guys would come in where they had to even go get their leads even from like cold calling. And then they get there and it's like, oh, they're warm. They're, uh, they're edified. They, like you, the, you got setters. Yeah, so like, much more dude, appreciated. <laughs> so like, this is they appreciate it so much more. I think really just to bring the conversation back around to um, things that you did as far as like, you know, time management, mindset, like the things that you did that that allowed you to spend more time on your business. And then the things that kept you going when mm -hmm. like when shit was rough. Um, yeah. So like time management and mindset. So in terms of time management, I just focused on what was going to move the business forward, which is sales, right? Because as I started making money, I realized, okay, the only way for me to get to the next level is I have to hire people, but to hire people, I have to make more money. So, I mean, I literally just spent as much time as humanly possible on sales and I actually spent as little time in fulfillment as I could. You know, I delivered the service, but I will, I'll just be honest. Like I wasn't, it wasn't like probably five star rain. It was probably like, yeah, this this is a good service. This is a three and a half, four star. Like it's it's commendable. It's what I paid for. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I spent all my days like pretty much messaging people, getting on sales calls until I could hire people. And I, I did it to the point where I started getting some arthritis in my fingers. The doctors were like, Dude, "What are you like doing?" And I was like, "Yeah, like I sit here all day with uh, like this with my thumbs." But that's just the truth. I just got up and I just worked and I worked and worked as much as I could. Um, and I could have done it slower. You know, I like, I want people to know who are watching, like I could have done it slower, but I just was running away from pain as fast as I could. And I didn't yeah. want it to be slow. I was like, you know what? Instead of ripping the bandaid off like this, I'm just going to pull it off. Um, so that was number one. In terms of mindset, 
I don't know. This may be controversial. Maybe it's not. I just, I just felt like I just ignored my feelings a lot. And you know, I'm sure people can debate if that's healthy, unhealthy, et cetera. I just feel for me, a lot of times, like people, they worry a lot about how they feel and you know, they wake up and like, well, I don't feel like working out or that seems unfair. Like, you know, this person seems luckier. They, they screwed me or like, you know, I deserve more time with my family. And you know, the reality is, you know, in terms of a business speaking financially, like it doesn't really care. Yep. You know, you just do or you don't, you get it or you, you know, do not. And so I just say, you know what, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get the business to this level because that's the most important thing to me. And I'm not saying it has to be. Right. Uh, but for me, I didn't really worry too much about how I felt because it was irrelevant. That's how right. I looked at it. I just said, this is my goal. So I either get this many sales calls and I get this many messages and I make this much money or I don't. And so I can sit you know, and cry and complain and moan and whine about how hard it is and how unfair it is and how I deserve a break or I'll just do it. And that for me is a more helpful mindset than you know trying to justify like why I should get more breaks or you know, doing, you know, X, Y, Z. I'll also just add in, you know, I'm not against like, if you want to meditate and you want to do mindset, all that, that's fine. But then you have to look at like, that's more time that you're not working. And at the end of the day, if you could put in, you know, 12 to 16 hours of work versus someone who does eight, as long as it's all productive, right? Of course, you're going to get more done. You're going to get farther ahead. And so I just tried to spend as much time as I humanly could working. And I knew it was going to be painful. I knew it was going to be inconvenient. And I just tried to push my feelings aside because I just think like that's a weak way to live your life where you do everything based on how you feel. Yeah, because business, you know? sales, like it doesn't have feelings. It doesn't have emotion. <laughs> Money does not have emotion. Like you're either it making it or you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you and, and, and I just think like it's not a great way to lead because you're right. going to have moments when you don't feel like doing stuff. Right. And I, I think that's one of the things I pride myself on is I do what I'm supposed to do no matter what. And when you do that, you can hold your team to a mega high standard. For sure. Because and, they're going to follow what you're doing. Yeah. And I feel like my team respects me in that sense because sure. I ask them to go really hard, but they know I'm going harder than anyone. And, yeah. and I just think like if you expect greatness of people, then you have to expect it in yourself. And, um, you know, like David Goggins book, I'll wrap up on this, but like that book, uh, can't hurt me. You know, I don't agree with what, what he's doing. Like, I don't want to go and run a hundred mile race in my feet in the desert. Right. right. But the concept, <laughs> right. But the, but the concept is spot on where he yeah. goes, you don't realize like how far you can really go. And I think so many people, they think they're hundred percent. It's like 60. Yep. Like you're not even anywhere near your human potential. And so I think if you if you can break through those barriers and not like feel sorry for yourself and make excuses, when you get to the end, what happens is your baseline actually resets. So if you think this is your baseline and you push through, you get here and like all of a sudden your body and your mind is like, oh yeah, like, well, this is what Tanner's gonna do. So we just have to raise to his level. Versus the other way around with most humans, they think is like, oh, I don't feel good. So like I'm just gonna take time off. And, you know, just as impressive as the mind and body are, it's also like the opposite. Like yep. if you don't work out for a week, you start to atrophy, yep. right? If, if you don't like work out your, your brain or like you take a break every time it happens, it's like, Oh, I'll, let's just take a break again. Let's just say, I don't know. So I just really try to stay in one direction that way. Um, and I try not to make excuses and I try to ignore my feelings in terms of my work because it, the, it, the business doesn't care. It just doesn't. It's like you do or you don't. And, um, that may not work for some people, but it's been very helpful for me. We're seeing those times when, you know, Oh, I don't feel like doing it. Just mm -hmm. imagine if you could trick your brain to where anytime you thought about that, you just went twice as hard. If you're like, oh, I don't feel like doing it, but I'm just going to go twice as hard. Yeah. It, like, like it's all the way we perceive it. You know what I mean? Because you talk about like the baseline, 
And that's what I love about cold water therapy or like I do a lot of mountain climbing. It's like that is a feat that I I, I don't know if I can make it. And, you know, especially with people with yes, cold huh? water, they're like, oh, I'm going to get hypothermia from the water for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, come on. Oh, I'm going to die if I'm in there for 10 minutes. You can be in like 34 degree water for up to like 30 minutes before you even start the first phase of hypothermia. Yeah. So what happens is people freak out. And what happens is they actually like, because they're breathing and not breathing and their mind goes crazy, they actually force themselves into hypothermia when they right. actually wouldn't. Right. So like with cold therapy, it's like you're you're raising that bar where you get in, this is terrible, this is amazing, it's not good for me. You know, breath work, if you hold your breath, you're going to be like killing your brain cells. Like yeah. all this stuff is just shit we make up. But like when you push that and you're like, our mind actually limits us from getting things done physically, in business, whatever it may be. Yeah. It's like, People say you can't climb Everest without oxygen. There's been multiple people that have done it. Yeah. You know, it's like that four minute mile again. It's like, yeah. no, this, if this is your new baseline, look at where you can go. And so many of us put in those false baselines yeah. that you just hold us. It becomes a ceiling instead yeah. of like our, our next launch point. Yeah. Like I, f I feel like anyone watching, if they haven't read that book, like can't hurt me. It's like, it's a perfect book because it just talks that's what the whole book's about yeah and, and uh david goggins obviously is a very extreme example physically yeah you know but He's if you beast. can if you can take that and put it into business or dance or sing whatever it is you want the concepts are the same and yeah. i love how he thinks because i just think it's a it, it's like anytime you know you can empower yourself where you're in control that's where you want to be that's freedom you don't you don't want to be in a place where oh well you know like this is how it is and you know this medication this and i'm not saying like I'm not saying one thing uh, one way or the other about what people do or choose to do, but I just like, for me personally, I like keeping control. Yep. And because when you don't have control, it's like, well, you're helpless. You're right? like a ping like, pong ball. Yeah. What just can like, you do? And, and you can't, you can't control everything, but I think just knowing you can control yourself, your emotions, like, your yeah, mindset, like, your diet, that, that's what makes me feel like I can get to wherever I want versus like, Oh, it's not possible. It can't happen because you know, I just don't think that's a helpful thought. For sure. It, it's like, because when you do take control of your life, yes, not everything is in control, but the things that you can control allow you to have more access to control and better sleep and like keeping things at bay and right. like hiring people to help you with these other things. Right. And that's really where it comes from is like, once you actually set those things in your mind, it can become a reality and you can have those days. It's like, I don't have stressful days anymore because yeah. I've allowed to a go through it to where I don't allow it to, to affect me in that way. Cause I've been through the shit. Right. You have as well, it's like the mindset gets stronger, the body gets stronger, the finances get stronger, your team gets stronger, your relationships get stronger. Like you said, it's the same concept and you just keep applying that to all aspects of your life. And before you know it, you're like, wow, like I changed a lot in a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. No, and I love that. And I, I think that's the right way to think about it. So, uh, man, it's been awesome to have you on the show. I know we both are very busy human beings. We're both <laughs> like, okay, we know we got the next show going on. <laughs> But before we hop off, uh, what does the word abundance mean to you? Man, that's a great question. Um, for me, that word specifically is, you know, understanding that you succeeding or you doing well doesn't mean someone else can't. And I really used to think that and I was very competitive where if I had a competitor, I'm like, well, if he's doing well, that means he's taking sales out of my mouth. But the reality is actually as I, you know, expanded and I did more as you realize, like, you know, especially money, right? Like the government just prints it. Yeah. Like there's literally, basically there's infinite amount of money. If they run out, they just print more, which is part of why we have the problem we have. And so you doing well or you succeeding or you helping other people has no bearing on someone else. Like sure. it, it's not, it's not like this like pie that like once it's gone, it's gone. It's almost like 
I almost like feel like it just keeps going like this. And then it's just like, if you don't get your portion, it just goes to someone else. Right. And so that, that really to me is like, I don't know if that was the best definition, but it's just understanding that you doing well and succeeding or you, you know, having financial success or, um, you know, physical success, et cetera, it doesn't take away from anyone else. And, um, I think that's like just a more positive mindset to have and like wanting everyone to win, Yeah, you know, like being happy for other people. It's, it's so weird to me when I see someone do well. And people try to justify why they did well. It's like, who cares? Like, be he did well. Be happy. Be happy for him. Yeah. And don't like try to justify why he's not. Just go, hey, if he did it, I can do it too. And so, uh, that that's like for me been a helpful mindset. And like, I prefer to live that way. It's a, it's much more positive, and I feel like a lot more good comes out of that. Definitely. Which is like trying to always look at the negative or trying to find, well, oh, well, he only did that because of this. Or he, I just feel like it's such a loser mentality for sure. And like, especially in our space. Right. Um, there's a lot of competitiveness for a long time where people are like, oh, well, if they're yeah. going to buy their stuff, they ain't gonna buy my stuff. And it's like <laughs> all when, the time. When I when I finally They're gonna buy their stuff anyways. That's yeah. the thing. They're gonna buy it anyways. Like even if you have the best program, they're still gonna buy someone else's stuff. For sure. It's like that we're in that world of motivating people to go and learn and grow. It's like we don't have yeah. all the answers. And like then you you know, you can start sending people clients and helping people out. And like when I finally dropped that like scarcity mindset and chose the abundant mindset. And like sat in the rooms with the people that I thought were my competition. It's like we learned so much from each other in an hour. Or yeah. if I just would have called them two years earlier, and then I like would have made homies. so much more money. Yeah, and you're like you're like homies. I, yeah. I used to do that too. Like yeah. it, it's funny, but like Hermosi actually tried to be my friend like years ago, and I was like, nah, like I'm not gonna be his friend. He's trying to sell me something, and then you know we finally connected, and he was like, yeah, dude, like I just like wanted to connect. Yeah, and like he's at, he's become a good friend of mine, and so it's you know I I just think it's a more helpful mindset to like want to help people and be open minded and not like. Oh, if I give this guy this secret, he's going to beat me. I, I just like prefer the way you put it. Yep. Dope, man. Well, thank you so much for yeah. being on the show. Everybody listening in. Thank you for joining us for another abundance episode. How do we support you? Like, what is the main service that you want to offer to our audience that that we can really help you out? Well, with? so, you know, the the next phase I'll be doing is like, you know, stepping out as a CEO and just, you know, kind of being an advisory, um, you know, two ways, like, YouTube, I'm really trying to start up leveling my content. Like we were talking about earlier, personal branding. I'm really just trying to like put good stuff out with like no CTA really. Uh, so, you know, connect with me on YouTube. But if, you know, they're looking to get help with starting a business, my main company is Elite CEOs and they just go to EliteCEOs.com and check it out. I think we're 4.9 out of 5 on Trustpilot. We've got Dope. like 18,000 clients we've worked with. Uh, I mean, we got so many reviews. I feel like, you know, you can't scroll all the way down. So it's it's been fun and we enjoy it. I enjoy it. And, um, you know, just like help change people's lives as much as we can. Dope. Yeah, man. And we'll make sure to drop your link below here so you guys can check that out as well. So thank you all for being here, Tanner. Thanks for being here. Yeah, that wraps up me. another episode of Abundance.io podcast. We'll see you next time.